I want to speak, this is Thanksgiving week, so I'm going to be speaking on Thanksgiving. So I titled the message, The Power of a Grateful Heart. The Power of a Grateful Heart. But let me just let you know this. We are grateful for things that we have, or we appreciate things that we have that we really value. And if it's been given to us, we are truly grateful. The greater the value, the greater the gratitude. And Jesus said, He who is forgiven much, loves much. So when you've been given something great, you tend to be very grateful, and you put a lot of value on that thing, and you appreciate it. Now the one who has a grateful heart has power with God. And I'm going to show you from the word today. If you have a grateful heart, now a thankful heart, a heart or thankfulness is an act. But let it be a way of life for you. That's where the power is. Especially when it comes to God. Let thankfulness be a way of life for you. Because when you're not thankful, you are forgotten. And when you forget, you will miss God totally in your life. So it's a great thing to be thankful to God. If you have a thankful heart before God, you can about get, receive anything from God. You can receive anything from Him. That's from His Word. You receive from Him. David was that kind of man. man. He lived with a, a heart of thankfulness. He was a grateful man to God. And God will not even let him forget. God will remind him many times, I brought you from the sheepfold. You were just following sheep. And I brought you from there and I raised you up. And I brought you now. You are the king of Israel. I place you there. And David won't forget himself. He thanked God for what God had done. Now, in First Chronicles chapter 17, David had just moved into his new home. Built out of cedar. That just to signify his wealth. And Nathan, who the, the, we believe was a chaplain to both David and Solomon, Nathan, the prophet, was with David. And David was thinking. He said to Nathan, look, listen, I live in a house built out of, of cedar. But see, God, he lives in the tent. And Nathan immediately recognized where he was going. He said, the Lord is with you, O king. Do whatever is in your heart. But David didn't say a word about building the Lord anything. He just said, look, I live here. This, is, this doesn't look good. God, he lives in a tent. And Nathan says, go ahead, do whatever you, whatever is in your heart. The Lord is with you, you're the king. And then Nathan left. And that same night, he had a night vision. God appeared to Nathan and said, I want you to go back to David. Ask him, you're going to build me a house? He says, you will not build me a house. 
It says, from the very beginning, from the time I brought the children of Israel out of Egypt until now, have we gone places from one tent to the other? That's why I've, I've always lived in the tent. He said, I've never said to any of the judges of Israel, build me a house of cedar. No, I haven't said anything. You're going to build me a house? And he said to David, he said, Nathan, tell him. Remind him where I brought him from. While he was following sheep, I took you and I put you in your place. And I've made, I've given you a name among the great men on the earth. You know what that tells me? On the earth, there will be great men and there will be not so great men. (laughs) But God said, I made you one of the great men on the earth. How many want to be a great man on the earth? Yeah. When God recognizes you as a great man on the earth, you are great. God said, I made you one of those men on the earth. And God said to him, he said, now listen. You're going to build me a house? I will build you a house. Amen. When you build God's house, guess what he'll do? He'll build your house. But he told David, I don't want you. You're not going to build me a house. Your son will build me a house. And that your son is going to be my son. I will be a father to that your son. Because you've made up your mind you're going to build me a house. He will build me that house. But for me, I will build you a house. I'll build you a house. And I will establish your house. I'm not going to treat you the way I treated Saul. There's going to be somebody from your, from, from your lineage that's going to be king. I will set him up there. And God used the word forever. When you have a good heart towards God to bless him, you don't know where you're taking yourself to. You are about to reach the summit. God made a promise. I will establish your son as a king forever. I will do that. That was God's promise to David. Now, we're talking about a heart of gratitude. David was overwhelmed. It was just words. That's what we don't understand when God speaks to us. It was just words he heard from Nathan. Nothing has been done. Just words of promise from God that he heard from the prophet. And David left his home. If you read in First Chronicles chapter 17 verse 16, it says, Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, We don't know how long he sat before God. As soon as he heard the words, he believed what was spoken to him. He knew what God had said. He knew what happened to Saul. Now God has made this promise. He knew the promise was as good. So he left his home. I don't know how long he had to walk. But he went into the temple and he sat before the Lord. I'm sure just thinking about what he had heard. God is going to build me a house forever. Wow. He was so grateful for the promise. Nothing had happened yet. But he knew his God. If God said it, he was going to do it. And he knew it was good. It was as good as it comes. So he went. Sat before God. And then he said, who am I? He's thinking, why would God do this to me? 
I used to chase, chase after sheep. Now you brought me all the way and it's still not enough. You want to establish my kingdom forever? He started blessing God. That was a heart of gratitude to God. Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me this far as the king? You picked me up from there and now you brought me now to as a king. And you can read the, the passage. He said to God, now you have even taken upon yourself. I didn't make you to think about this. You thought about it in your own heart concerning me to establish my house forever. This is amazing, God. And if you read, it says, God, what can I say to you now? I don't have any, I don't have words to speak to you, to express my gratitude for what I just heard. Amen. A heart of gratitude will establish you with God forever. He, thank God. If you read in verse 23, after he had thanked God, he went back to the promises he heard. He says, And now, O Lord, the word which you have spoken concerning your servants and concerning his house, let it be established forever. Amen? Let it be established forever. Not just because God spoke it, you need to act on the word that was spoken to you. But you can't come to him without a heart of gratitude for it to be established. You can't. You see, there are principles of faith that we miss. He says, establish that word forever. And do as you have said. So let it be established that your name may be magnified forever, saying, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, is Israel's God. That's the God of the church. Amen? <laughs> the church is greater than the nation of Israel. Amen? That's the truth. That was the type. This is the real thing. That was the shadow. The church is the real thing. When God blesses you and establishes your name on the earth, it's for His glory. That's what He's saying. That the whole, everybody will know you are the God of the church. You take care of your people. And let the house of your servant David be established for, for, uh, before you. Now, he took the promise to him with thanks. The reason why I'm sharing this is because thanksgiving is a vital part of faith in receiving from the Lord. You establish the promise when you believe the word and you go to God with thanksgiving. Remember, the miracle will not begin until you've started with thanksgiving. When Jesus was to multiply bread to feed 5,000, what did he do? He gave thanks first. He didn't just break the bread. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what God would do. But then he said, the Bible says, after he had given thanks... That's not a coincidence. Once you to know, get into the secret here. After he had given thanks, he broke the bread, and then the miracle began. Many of you remember when John Hunter was here. Every time she prays for you, she said, "Well, give him thanks for us." Such a great principle. You can't receive your miracle until you've given thanks. 
And then if it hasn't been done, it's after you've given thanks, then you can be bold to say, God, now I want your word, I want you to establish the word that you've spoken to me. Take the promise and establish it. Amen? Before Jesus raised Lazarus, what did he do? He spoke to the Father. He said, God, I thank you because you always hear me. Right? He gave thanks. You see, many times before anything, Jesus will thank his Father. We've forgotten the principle of thanksgiving. It's not the U.S. holiday. Amen? It's a principle from God's Word. And if you have it in you, that's how David established the promise. This great promise that Christ was going to come through him. How did he establish it? He went to God in gratitude, sat before him. I don't know if he was crying, but he, I, I can many times we read in the scriptures and we say he went and sat before him and started to speak. I don't think that's what he did. He sat down possibly for a good while, meditating on what he had heard. And then he said, how can I, what can I say to you? Who am I? Who am I? Why are you doing this stuff? You see, David was a master at entering into God's presence to get whatever he wanted. Amen? He was a master at it. David had so many battles in life. He fought so many battles. He never lost a single battle in life. You know why? He knew how to get God on his side. He knew when to speak to God. And God would give him an answer. Should I go? And he says, God, can I go? God says, no, you don't want to go that way. I want you to go this way. He knew how to get God on his side. And if you want God on your side, you have to learn. These scriptures were written for our own benefit. So if you need a miracle, go the way they went to Jesus. Go to, this, to him the way David went to him. David said in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. He knew how to come in. Amen. He knew how to come into God's presence. You want to come to God to receive a promise? You must enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. David also said in Psalm 92 verse 1, He said, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. How did he know that? He knew the goodness that came into his life because of giving thanks. It's a good thing to give thanks to God. Not it's going to, God is not going to benefit from it. You benefit when you give thanks. You benefit. It's a good, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. He was a master. He knew this. So he wrote these things down for us. And God gave, it this, gave us this secret. Many people are not very thankful. Sometimes I like Americans to go outside the country. To see what's going on outside this country. So that when they come back they can kiss the earth. Mm-hmm. And say thank God for America. Instead of all the complaining and all of that stuff that's going on. And God doesn't work with those things like that. Be thankful. Be thankful. 
You open the windows of heaven. The things that God is doing in your life. If you take those scriptures, the promises that God has given to you, and you believe them and begin to thank Him for them. That's faith. You're going to receive every one of those. That's faith, true faith. That's one key principle of faith that's missing. You come with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a requirement for us to receive each promise from the Lord. It's just a requirement. It's required if you're going to get anything from God. Sometimes, you know, it bothers me because many times believers are uh, forgetful hearers. They forget, they hear the word, get excited. I don't like too much excitement. I'm looking for something that I have to do to benefit my family and my life. Amen? Excitement is good. But are you doing something about it? You just heard a good sermon and you did no practice, nothing. You're not going to benefit from it. It's when you practice it that it becomes a part of your life. Then you discover a secret for yourself and for your family. You see, when God blesses you, it's not just for you. He translates into your kids and their kids on down the line. He doesn't forget. So you can do something for your family way into the future. Thanksgiving is just a requirement to receive him from the Lord. Jesus requires this time. Even after he's done something, he's looking, I said this before, he's looking for you to thank him. And if you don't thank him, you shut the door for greater things to come into your life. Amen. Remember the story of ten lepers? Jesus didn't tell them, I'm looking for thanks from you guys. He said, go show yourself to the priests. And on their way, ten of them got healed. And it was a Samaritan that came back. Jesus was happy to see the Samaritan, but he was disappointed. You could tell he was so disappointed. He said, where are the nine? It's like he brushed the guy aside. He was, you know, who was thanking him. If you look at it, he was asking for the nine. What happened? I'm sure his heart was grieved. His heart was grieved because they didn't come back to give thanks. So now he said to this guy, you're going to be whole. In other words, I'll take care of all your problems now. (laughs) The rest of the man, I don't know. But you, you're going to be whole. To give thanks to God is so important. Many people cannot hold on to their salvation and faith in God because they don't know how to thank Him. They are constantly in doubt. David didn't have doubts in his heart after he thanked God. He knew it was going to be established. He was a prophet king. He knew. And I think if we come to God with the same attitude, when we have taken a scripture or a promise from the word of God that we know was given to us, that thing will happen as well. See? Just the same principle. Uh I know from the word of God that the Bible says, God will take sickness away from the midst of of my life. That's the same kind of word that was given to, to, to David. 
That's an incredible thing that God can make me so that I'm free from sickness. What do you do? Go to Him and say, God, I can't believe you said this about me. You are establishing it forever when you do that. I can't believe you said this about me. Yes, this happened all over the place, but for me, I found favor in your sight. Do you really believe God's word and act on it? Stand on it, go to him and say, God, I can't believe this. I'm excited you said this about me. The truth, thank you, God. Oh, thank you. You go back home and you're talking about it. Oh, God has told me. I recall a story of a young girl who had been told that she was going to die. And she had some condition and they locked her up in the upper room in their home, uh, the second floor. And she was in that room and she was, she was dying. And she knew she was preparing to die because the doctors had told her, no way out, you, you, you're going to die. And everyone in the family had accepted it. Everyone. Mama, Papa, everybody accepted it. And they just left her up, taking care of her, waiting for the day to come. That's not a good thing. But one day she was reading from First Peter chapter 2. And she read, I believe, how God has forgotten all his She forgot God, I can believe. Everything, young girl, everything that I've done, you are forgiven all it. And she was blessed before God. And she was thinking that she knew if she had to see Jesus first, she was excited. And she joined God. And she left. She read that. Then she felt anything I felt so blessed reading that. And she read the second part. It says, I'm stretched up so I feel. She stopped to say, Hey, I never saw this before. And she said, I'm not anymore. She can't go for this new scripture. She's not at the bank. This is what I'm thinking. She's not at the bank. I don't know. It's moving. I'm going to leave. And walked down with her hospital gown, whatever that was, and went to Mama. I said, Mama, give me some eggs. Get me some eggs. I need to eat. Mama said, well, what was going on? Why are you done? You should be up there. Mama, I'm not going to die anymore. Make me some eggs. Mama said, oh, the sickness has gone into your brain. You're sick now. You're sick. Please go up, daughter. And she said, Mama, didn't you teach us to believe the scriptures? Let me show you, Mama, what the word says. Mama said, oh, you've really lost it. Please go back to your room. She said, Mama, no, 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 give me my new clothes. I want to wear them. I want my clothes back. I'm not going to wear this hospital stuff anymore. Give me something new to wear. She lived. God healed her. She was grateful to the Lord. She thanked God for the word. And God established it for her. That thing that was going to cut her life short couldn't go. Because God has given us a word. With long life, I will satisfy you. Why? God doesn't need to apologize to anything. He said his word. He meant what he said. If I believe it, Jesus said in his word, all things are possible to them that believe. Why can't I believe this word? That's why it's so clear. You analyze the word. Thank the Lord for and decide you're not going to die, you're not going to be sick, be, no accident can take cut your life short, because God gave you life. His word is good. Amen. His word is good. He's going to take care of me. I'm in good hands. Who said that this morning? <laughs> I'm in good hands. God is. God is. 
I'm reminding you, I'm reminding myself, God is. And if God is, He's my rock, He's my hiding place, you can't touch me. You will simulate touching me, I call those false symptoms. But I'm not receiving them. I know my inheritance. Amen? I know my inheritance. Bible tells us, Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So the fellow says, you see, God is spiritual. The blessing is spiritual. Well, I'm physical. How am I going to enjoy something that's just spiritual? Huh? If God has blessed me spiritually, that means He wants me, if He's telling me here on the earth, He wants me to enjoy that spiritual blessing right here. Amen? He wants me to enjoy it. God has blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Because I'm in Christ, I'm, I'm right there with the blessings. And no one is going to stop me from getting the blessings. So I go to the Lord and thank Him for this Spiritual blessings, all of them, all of them. They're for me, they're for you. They're blessings from God. It's the same way, what, what happened with, you see, that's what happened with David. All he heard was words. How would David know that God was going to bring Jesus thousands, I mean, uh, thousands of years later? Hundreds of years later, but he believed it. Words from the Lord. You get words today that God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly, not some, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And you are in Christ, you cannot suffer. You can't. But the way to establish it is take those words, go back to God. God, why are you doing this? You, you've loaded me down. Amen. Then the word say, God loads us daily. <laughs> he loads us daily. So I carry a, a heavy load everywhere I go with, of benefits. He loads me daily with benefits. Every, the word says daily. Amen? <laughs> daily. He adds some this day, tomorrow he puts more. And so I carry a heavy load of benefits wherever I go. Amen. I'm weighed down with benefits. If you see me walking, there's a lot of benefits all over my shoulder. I don't know where how to hold them on. He's home with me. That's his word for every one of us. Daily, daily, his children, God loads them down with benefits. And if you wonder what benefits those are, you want to read Psalm 103? Those are the blessings. Second Peter tells us, as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Not going to give to us, he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And he says, by this, he wants us great and precious promises. What David had was a promise. Nothing more was a promise, right? God promised him and he took the promise. As if it was real. And went to God and thanked Him. God has blessed us. 
with all blessings. He says his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain, things, things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have received exceedingly great and precious promises and that by these promises we might partake of his divine nature how often divine nature and i mean i'm not i'm I'm encouraging you and encouraging myself his divine nature did no lack does not know lack it's just the truth god is not going to say uh, moses i can't help you today because i'm broke Tell the children of Israel to come back next week, they get more food. But I'm broke. I gave you enough last week. It's never going to happen. God will always be God. And he'll take care of us. We are his children. Let's not forget that. There are those in the world that we belong to him. He'll take care of you. And God says you will never be oppressed. He'll take care of you. He'll help you. Now those things will come. Trials will come. But usually, in my mind, see them as promotion coming your way. Amen? Just step on it and go higher. Take these promises to God. I'm going to share something with you that's so important. (coughs) Excuse me. You have to realize standing before God is your high priest. Jesus. And he's busy, very busy. He tells us that Moses was faithful as, I mean, was it Aaron? Was faithful as a high priest over his house. Aaron did everything. In the same way, he says, Jesus is the high priest, our high priest. He's up there and he's faithful in all things to his house. You and I. You are his project. See that? You are Jesus' project. He wants to make you. He's, he's doing nothing but working on your behalf right now. The Bible tells us in, in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, he says, seeing then that we have a great, not just a high priest, a great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Amen. That's why you must watch the words that come out of your mouth. God is looking for words that He can use. You know, I like to fellowship a lot and I talk. But I've been learning not to talk. I don't, you don't, I don't want to say certain things. I won't tell. I'm not saying it's wrong to call a brother and tell the brother this is what I'm going through. I talk to my wife what I'm going through. But I talk to him more. I talk to him more. I talk to him about what's going on. And I tell him what I want the solution to be. Amen. So I talk to him more. He is my high priest. You have to give him something to work with. If he's working on your behalf, and the only thing you can give him, your words. 
your confession. Your words. He's building something for you. He's building a future for your life. He wants to make your name great. Just like he did Abraham. Not just Abraham. You are the son of Abraham. The daughter of Abraham. He wants the blessings that was in Abraham's life to be on your life. Now if the blessings that were on Abraham's life were on your life, you will be great as well. Amen. You will be great. He is a high priest. What you, what he needs is your word. Jesus never did anything without, most of the time, he will make you participate in the miracle. Yes. You got to give him something to work with. And giving thanks to God with a promise, no higher material than that. Amen? Nothing higher than that. Just go to him. He is the high priest of your confession. Give him what he told you. Just like David said. David praised him and told him, you're such a wonderful God. No God like you on the earth. And then he said, he drove it home. He said, God, now you remember the things that you said about to me? You remember? I want you to establish it forever. And that's exactly what God did. He is the high priest over our confession. So we must really learn what, what to say. But then in verse 16 it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So let me tell you this. From the day that Jesus died on the cross, you remember that day? The Bible says the veil was torn from top to bottom. Anybody can come in there. That's the only place you can receive from God. No other place in this world. That's the only place. He invites us to come into his presence. To obtain mercy. He has your high priest there. He has Jesus to help you. With whatever you come in there for. He's here. He's ministering. Jesus is not ministering anywhere else. As a high priest, he's ministering right there. By the mercy seat, by his father. Anything you receive from the father is going to come through that throne room. That mercy seat. You got to come. That's why he's inviting you. Come boldly from the, because the cross tore that veil. And then anyone can come in now. The way you go in will determine what you come out with. (laughs) Everyone is invited. The way you go in will determine what you come out from that place. In your hands. He says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and to help in the time of need. Whatever the Bible asks this question, what have you that you did not receive? That thing, what he's saying is, whatever you have on earth, God give it to you. He said, No, I went and I bought that Cadillac, liar. Let God be true, and every man a liar. <laughs> what have you that you did not receive? If you have it, God gave it to you. Amen. Recognize it and be thankful to Him. And He gives you more. Don't overlook it and refuse to be thankful. Thank Him for all the little things. Thank Him for your kids. Thank Him. And God will just have found the guy out keep pouring on this. Jesus thanked the Lord all the time. He thanked his Father. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. 
Hebrews chapter 12, uh, 10, verse 19 through 23. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the uh, holiest by the blood of Jesus, that's the only place to receive from God. So you must come before, uh, behind the veil. It's free now. Your high priest is there. He's going to help you. He's the great high priest. By a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest, he says it again, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. Come there meaning business with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast, what? The confession of our hope of faith without wavering. Don't you ever waver. David didn't waver when he had his promise. He believed in those promises. And he thanked God for those promises. Don't waver. For he who promised is faithful. So you meet the condition, you get what you want. No matter what it is. That's why you can peace. The prince of peace is in our line. I can have peace. No matter what's going on there. My wife and I will develop a strategy. And things do come to us. I mean, you know, they come. And they are not small. Sometimes they are very heavy. Anxieties. And when we can't handle it, we go on fasting. <laughs> we go to fast about it. It's financial. It has to do whatever it is. The church, whatever it is. If it pains me hard, I have prayed, it doesn't work, I'm going to fast. And then I thank God. And after that, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to be reminded because I got my answer. I can get somebody fired, you know, by talking to him. Oh, yes. And he'll do it. He may give them another job, but that's not my business. But I trust him. So you come boldly. He is faithful who promised. You must always tell him what you want. But the important thing is tag to that. When you come into his presence, make sure you let him know exactly what you want from him. So that when he's giving it to you, you don't miss it. Is when you don't, when you are not very specific, when the answer is given to you, you won't even recognize it. I told the story about asking for ten thousand. I recognized because I asked for ten thousand. It was ten thousand, so I know God answered my prayer. So you stay specific. This is exactly what I want. Let your request be known to Him. Let him know your, what you want from him. Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7. It says, be anxious for what? Ah, do you really believe that? How many are anxious about something this morning? <laughs> it said the word goes out. The word goes out. We are in a bad economy. And some people are going to lose their job. Guess what? You anxious about that? Be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't bother yourself. Don't worry yourself. Just don't worry about it. Be anxious for nothing. I mean, it's not saying don't even think on it. Don't plan. 
No, just don't allow yourself to worry about it. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, how many things? Everything. By prayer and supplication with what? That's the part that we miss a lot. <laughs> we do pray. We have supplication. We're asking, give thanks. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. If you do that, just like David did with thanksgiving, you got it settled. And he will give you the title deed in your heart. Amen? It's called the peace of God that passes understanding. He gives you peace. That's the title. You, that thing is on his way. When you will receive it, it's not clear. But he knows it's already in his way. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In other words, you're going through it. doesn't make sense. You support it. But you got peace because God has heard you. He passes all understanding. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. In everything, what? Give thanks. Not for everything, give thanks. Don't say the devil is punishing my family. Thank you, Lord. No, that's not, there's no need to thank God. But in everything, give thanks. Not for everything. You're giving thanks because you don't understand what's going on, but God is going to take care of you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. <laughs> Did you know giving thanks is the will of God for your life? Well, how much of it are you doing? That's part of your Christian work, to be thankful, not during Thanksgiving alone, but all through the year. Be thankful to God. Are you thankful for your life? Are you thankful for your life? Sometimes people don't like themselves, they don't like what they are, and, and they feel bad about themselves, and feel so bad, and they don't feel like they can do anything. And that's the place to start. Be thankful for your life, who God has made you. That's the place to start. If you don't like yourself, you will have a hard time with the Lord. You really need to like yourself because God made you unique. He made you the way you are. You need to recognize that and be thankful to Him daily. Especially if you have that low self-esteem. You can't do what the other person can do. He didn't, make, want, he didn't create you to do what the other person is doing. He created you to do something else. Be thankful for what you can do and see how God will increase that thing. I don't want to be you. I know you don't want to be me. He didn't want us to be all the same. So be thankful for what God has done for you, for the way God created you, and what God is doing in your life. To be thankful is so important. David said in his word, For you have formed my inward parts, you have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, that's me, that you created, and that my soul knows very well. I know who you've made. This is a masterpiece. Amen?
my life is a masterpiece. So God, thank you. Thank you for making me. If you do that, that's the bottom line. You can start moving from that place. Abraham Lincoln said this, It is difficult to make a man miserable when he feels worthy of himself and claims a kindred with the great God who made him. If you claim that kindred with God, remember the song, I am a friend of God? That's another sermon. Amen? I'm a friend of God. You claim that kindred with God. I think if I have anything to say to you today, I need you to be thankful for your family, for your children, for your wife, your husband, your job, your church, your pastors, everything. Just be thankful. Find something to thank God for. Just be thankful and watch what heaven will do in your life. Don't give yourself to complaining. I know it's easy to complain. But when you complain, I'm going to share this and I'll close. It's so important that you refrain from complaining. It's so key that you refrain from complaining. No matter what's going on, God has blessed you. Be grateful for that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, God says, No, no complain, as some of them also complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. When you complain, guess what's going on? You are opening the doors for the destroyer to come into your life. You're not doing any good to yourself. You're opening doors to, for the destroyer to come in. So we need to be thankful, making our confession of faith, drawing from the word of God daily, that this is what God has for you, and that's what you know will happen in your life. Amen? Stand up with me this morning. I hope, I hope you have received encouragement today to find something in God's word. <laughs> If you're going through financial difficulties, find those scriptures, Deuteronomy 28, where it says God will bless you financially. Give towards God's work to people who are in need and begin to thank God for the great blessings coming your way. Because it will come. If your family is in disarray and you can't handle it, you don't know what to do, begin to thank God for the blessed family that He's given to you. The devil will run from that home. And peace will come upon that home. Thank God for the peace that God has brought into your home. Thank God for your children. Speak good things about them. What God is going to make them in the future. Give them a dream. You dream with them. And see what God will do. Find a promise from God's word in your situation. And go to God like David did. And thank him. And make that promise your own. Amen? Amen. Every eye is closed. And every head bowed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you want to get to know him. I know him. And I want you to know him. He's calling you to come back home. You can become a part of his family. This is a wonderful family to belong to. You can know him and he can know you. 
and begin to walk in your life. If you're here this morning and you want me to pray with you so that you can find peace with Him and come to know Him, all I want you to do is to raise up your hand and say, really, yes, I want to be close to God. Would you do that right now? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So simple. Now, I'm telling you this. Because you've raised your hand, the Father saw you. And He has accepted you into His family. And He's going to transform your life. Amen. Those of you, I believe two of you that raised your hand, I want you to speak to me after the service privately. I want to talk to you, okay? Now, for the rest of us, how many will determine today that you are going to use the Word of God to change your situation? Yes. And God will. No matter what it is, you are determined my life is going to be transformed. My life is not going to be the same. Let me say both hands up to the Lord this morning. Yes. Good things are coming your way. Good things are coming your way. Blessings beyond your imagination. If there is a God in heaven who has chosen to bless us, those blessings are coming upon your life this morning and will rest upon you, remain on you and your children, and you will enjoy His presence. Take that to the Lord and thank Him for it. Thank Him for it from your heart. Thank Him. And as you begin to thank Him, sometimes the tears will well up from inside of you. A joy of gratitude to God and say, God, I thank you. And God will write that in His book. He'll never forget that moment and He will make you because you gave Him thanks. Many people are not thanking God today. They curse Him. They don't like, they don't love God, they don't care about God, but you do. And He is on your part. If God be for you, no one can be against you. Never. So God is not against your life. God is for you. And these blessings are coming your way. Amen. Father, we are your people. You said you've engraven us in the palm of your hand. So you never forget us. Every time you lift your hand, you see. And you remember us. And you remember the covenant. To bless us. To make life good for us. To make us light of the world. And salt of the earth. To see that sickness and disease will not have its way. They will not have their way over our lives. To see that sin will not have dominion over us. According to your word. To prosper us. We thank you Father. Your word can never fall to the ground. It will not return to you void. We receive with thanksgiving. We know you are. And that you are in charge. Of all the universe. And right now all the stars of the universe. They are lined up together. For our favor. To bring blessings into our lives. All the angels of heaven, they're lined up right now to bring good into our lives. We receive from heaven with joy and gratitude in our hearts. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.